Every day we take our lives into our own hands when we consume vitamins and supplements. By not knowing the right ones to take or when, we could be doing a disservice to our health, or even worse, could be endangering it. Welcome to your Daily Dose with Doreen Doucette. Now you have a resource to help you use supplements, vitamins, and natural health more safely and effectively. Here is your host, Doreen Doucette. Good morning and welcome to your Daily Dose. Currently, all of us are dealing with the stress and anxiety that COVID-19 has brought into our lives. The information we receive about the virus is changing all the time. And most of us feel helpless as we watch what's happening in our families, our communities, and around the world. It's a very scary and unfamiliar place to be at the moment. We have no idea what's going to happen in our future. If you or someone you care about has cancer, that's more than enough to worry about. But then add in the stress of COVID-19 and you may be be having a lot of other feelings to add to the worry. With cancer being an underlying medical condition, it means that you are at a higher risk for more serious complications of COVID-19. This also means that due to the COVID-19 workplace closures and layoffs, that your cancer treatments may be delayed. You may feel so much anxiety about COVID-19 and how it will affect you being able to get to treatment centers safely, or even if testing will still be available to show how effectively your treatments are working. Having to deal with COVID-19 concerns on top of that can cause you to have feelings of anger or grief. You might grieve the loss of your daily routine and your feelings of safety and security in the world. Some of the ways that you may be able to cope are to reach out and connect with people via phone or chat groups. Try being as physically active as you can. Try some meditation or some relaxation techniques. And most importantly, do your best to eat well. Now, during these times, we all understand that it's more than tempting to eat lots of our comfort foods while we've had to be home self-isolating. And yes, The occasional treat may be fine, but we also have to understand that we shouldn't overdo it. So if you can, try to eat a variety of healthy foods that include your vegetables and fruit, proteins and grains. Eating well-balanced meals can help you feel better, can help you remain healthier, and it's going to keep our immune systems working strong, which is what we really need at this point in time. So today, I have asked Janice Amiro to join me once again to talk specifically about cancer diets. Janice is a holistic nutritionist and holistic cancer coach. She began her wellness practice while living in Doha, Qatar. Her interest in wellness and healthy food preparation stems from her own personal wellness journey, and that's one that took her from a debilitating illness to vibrant health via holistic methods. Along that path, Janice became living proof that when the body receives the nutrients that it requires, it repairs itself. It was then that she discovered her true vocation, and she embarked on a new and exciting career of helping others achieve wellness. Janice joined me a couple of weeks ago, and we spoke of plant-based nutrition. So today, we will talk nutrition for the cancer patient. Good morning, Janice, and thank you for joining me once again. 
Can you tell us uh, why did you become a cancer coach and what's the role of one? Um, hi, Doreen. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, it's really great to, to be with you. Um, why did I become a cancer coach? Um, well, I think I might have mentioned in my last in our last conversation that I had um, I had a, had a health crisis, and um, in working through my my journey back to health, I became aware that people today are suffering needlessly. You know, I, I noticed that that the illnesses and diseases of our time were largely due to lifestyle choices. And as I, as I looked around me and as I learned more, I realized that cancer was, was, was also in that category. So um, that kind of sparked my interest. Um, you know, by and large, our lifestyle determines our future and I'm, I'm a big believer of that now that I've studied and um, less than 10% of illness and disease including cancer is genetic and that leaves us with 90% or more pointing to lifestyle choices. Um, the, other, the other thing I want to mention and some people know this already um, is both my parents died of cancer and my mother uh, was only 57 my father was young 66 and um, and they both died of cancer they yes were smokers and they lived a very stressful life and um, and you know that was that was a real eye-opener for me because I I realized that I kind of made the, the I connected the dots and realized that there's something that can be done. If people are dying this way um, and there's obvious reasons that promote, you know, their lifestyle choices, then obviously we can do something about it. So, um, so that's, that's where I kind of got my, my idea that I wanted to help people with cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, I studied, you know, I became a holistic nutritional consultant. And then the first thing I did after that, after I finished was to study and become a holistic cancer coach. Wonderful. So when you're talking about lifestyle choices, um, can you explain a little bit on that? How, how, does, that, um, how, does, how does that work with, with cancer, I guess? Sure. Um, lifestyle choices, you know, um, when we look at how we live, what we eat, it's, it's, that's, that's who we are. And, you know, they do say we are what we eat. But um, when I look at lifestyle choices, we look at um, known causes of illness and disease. So it doesn't matter if you look at the Cancer uh, Society uh, website um, in, in Canada or anywhere else, um, the Diabetic Association, the um, COPD Foundation, it doesn't matter what it is. All of these, these will say that um, improvements can be made by lifestyle changes and um, the cause um, there's cause there's there's reasons to believe that these issues are caused by or lifestyle choices are contributing factors so you know when we look at our food that's a choice we're making what what's the quality of our food mm -hmm. what's the quality of our 
our water what is the quality of our relationships what is our uh, do we live a life of high high stress uh, do we take care of ourselves are we exercising do we smoke do we drink a lot of alcohol um, do we sit on the couch and change a channel and, and never put our runners on these are the things that that determine how we feel and um, again, it's not just with with um, cancer, it's with all illnesses and diseases. Okay. Now, when we're talking about a cancer diet, what specifically do you mean? Is there, is there certain foods um, that people should and should not be eating if they were to have cancer? Um, so, a, a cancer diet, I guess, when you say foods that we should or should not be eating, uh, it's almost easier to say what we shouldn't be eating because today especially the numbers are just out of this world. You know, everyone, there, I don't think there's anybody on here who, has ne who hasn't been affected by cancer in some way. Mm -hmm. If it isn't themselves, it's a family member. Absolutely. So, the you know the cancer diet is an um, is is to create a, uh, an environment in the body that is anti-cancerous, and so the principles of that generally include um, a high fiber, high complex carbohydrates, and minimal animal protein and and healthy fats, and, and not a lot of fats. Um, but what we don't want to have is the typical standard American diet of processed foods, of chemical-laden foods, heavily refined foods, and those are part of our daily lifestyle, like refined sugars, refined wheat, um, you know, all the, the, the stuff that comes in the crinkly bags, mm -hmm. that is not food. And that is creating a cancer environment, a diseased environment, a diseased body. And that's how um, illness manifests. And I think that those, those foods that are in the crinkly bags are some of the comfort foods that a lot of us have, have gravitated towards with this um, with the COVID-19 and being home and not being able to socialize and get out. We've really run to the fridge into these bags. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And you know what? what sadly, um, these companies, I probably mentioned this when we spoke last time, these companies take advantage of that and their advertisements are promoting that these are the foods you deserve. If you've had a bad day, then you know you deserve this treat. If you're if you're stressed, you deserve this. If you've been working too hard, you deserve this. And that's how the advertisements go. And so we feel that you know maybe a little bit of this isn't so bad. Everything in moderation. But when you look at the standard American diet. If, you're, if you think you're eating everything in moderation, you're kidding yourself because that is so far from the truth because if you're having box cereal for breakfast, um, takeout or, um, you know, um, 
processed uh, food, uh, going through the drive-through at lunch, and then um, an instant meal for for dinner and not having anything fresh throughout your day, your your choices are are there's nothing healthy there. You're 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 not living towards that quote, that slogan of everything in moderation. Um, junk food every day is not eating in moderation. And you know, you asked about what what the cancer diet is, and and uh, a cancer diet should be fresh whole food. It should be food that has no pesticides on it, food that is not genetically modified, that the body doesn't even know how to accept or break down. It should be, as much as possible, organic. Um, it shouldn't be food that comes in a can, food that comes in a bottle, or like I said, the crinkly bag. That's not food. That is really a chemical soup that equals poison. And the body is telling you so by being diseased mm -hmm. so when we are when we're talking about um, the specific cancer diet and eating whole foods and stuff why um, I don't know if I should say why should they be doing that other than following another diet um, such as the keto or Weight Watchers or paleo is there a difference between those diets and what a person having cancer should eat uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, so that's a great question. You know, I, I, you and I both know that most people don't follow a healthy diet. No. It, it's, it, we can see it. We can see it when we walk down the street. Yes. We know that. And, um, and it's not just people who are overweight. It's not just the people who are overweight that aren't following a healthy diet. It's the people who does, don't have enough energy to get out of bed. It's the people who are so lethargic that they sit on the couch all day. That's, that to me means a person is not following a healthy diet. Um, and you know, like I said, there's a huge rise in illness and disease. And if, these, if people are following the diets that you mentioned, um, then those diets are not health-promoting diets. Um, it, the thing is that most weight loss systems promote, um, they still include those comfort foods or the foods that we're addicted to. Mm -hmm. So um, they still inf include foods or they don't really tell you to stay away from foods with chemicals, foods with hormones in them like animal products. Um, they don't really tell you to do that or ask you to do that. They just say eat this category of food and you're not, you're kind of left to figure it out by yourself. Um, so, you know, these, these, long, these types of diets can lead to, to long-term uh, problems and, and organ dysfunction, you know, especially kidney dysfunction and other kinds. But um, the thing is that, and, the, and, the, and the, the types of diets, I think one of those that you mentioned is on a point system. Yes. So the reason I, I have trouble with that one, and I, I followed that diet some years ago, but, um, and wasn't successful, it was a yo-yo dieting kind of thing. But the, the problem I have with the point system is, if you're watching points, you can choose whatever you want to eat. You can choose chocolate cake for breakfast and, you know, sodas all day long. And as long as you don't go over your points, you may still lose a little bit of weight. Mm -hmm. um, but 
what is that chocolate cake and all those sodas doing to your body? So, um, so that's the reason that these types of diets are not recommended, especially not if you're trying to, to manage what's going on in your body and resolve it. These are not healing type of foods. You can't, you can't improve your, your health by eating those types of foods. You might lose weight, but you can improve your health very much. Okay. So I've had some advertisements that, that has come in my mail recently, and they're from companies that offer these prepackaged meals and they're delivered to your door, and they state that they are sourced farm-fresh foods. So I have to wonder, what are your thoughts regarding these companies and how fresh would this food actually be if they have to pick it, package it, and ship it to you? And I don't even know where they're shipped from, so I'm not sure how long the shipping time would be. So how, how beneficial would these foods be for one? Mm-hmm. So um, a couple of things here. First of all, if a person doesn't eat any real food at all, they don't eat vegetables, they don't, they don't cook for themselves at all, this might be a good introduction to learning how to eat um, because they would be sending you well-rounded meals and, and maybe you're getting three a day or I don't know how they work. I have never really um, investigated too, too much. Okay. But the, the term farm fresh, is as as uh, it, it, it's it's kind of on the same page for me as natural, because anyone can throw that around. And what in the world does farm fresh mean? Um, it means absolutely nothing. We look at the word fresh and we think, oh, nice. Fresh is a nice kind of breezy kind of clean word and mm-hmm. farm when we think about a farm we think about open pastures we think about a nice house and a barn and a silo whatever these foods typically are nothing close to being farm fresh that is a label that is put on just like natural flavored chips mm-hmm. you know it's basically <laughs> it's basically the same thing you know, natural sugar. We see this all the time. Yeah. Sugar is sugar. Um, so, so I agree that we have to question how fresh these foods actually are. Um, and a lot of people don't know that food like this or any food that, especially if it's in our restaurants, um, is it has been treated with chemicals, um, with freshening agents so that the product doesn't go bad or lose its color so that it looks fresh um, and that it stays fresh until it reaches its destination. Um, Animal products have been um, washed with bleach and other types of chemicals to kill bacteria before packaging. So um, we talked about dead, dead meat earlier Mm -hmm. in the other podcast and so how long has this food been sitting around um, chemically treated and then it gets to your table and then there's like I mentioned GMOs genetically modified foods still so many people are unaware of the damage that GMOs uh, are doing to us and it's no wonder we're so sick Um, you know uh, if if the company is promoting organic produce, 
then that would be a different story if these these companies again though how fresh is that organic produce I would question that but um, but if they're not promoting organic I would be very leery of where that food comes from and what has happened to it before it reaches your doorstep okay on these advertisements I didn't see any any word um, organic all I saw was the farm fresh, and that's really right. what they were promoting. So I, I don't believe anything could have been organic in this package. That, that Undoubtedly, no. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So also when we spoke a couple weeks ago, I did ask you if you would encourage um, a cancer patient to stop eating fruit due to the high content of sugar. Um, you did say that, yes, you would. But what if someone refuses to stop their fruits? Because fruits, a lot of people are, are really into fruits lately. So which fruits would you say would be okay with you eating them? Um, well, you know, as you know, my job as, as a holistic cancer coach is to give as much information as I can to raise awareness about what uh, what can be done to help each individual. So um, it, then it's up to the person whether they're going to comply with what I give them or not. But, um, and you know, if, they, if, if someone uh, doesn't want to give up fruit, although it might be better for them to give up, you know, if, if it was a compromise saying, well, I'm not going to give up fruit, but I'll give up those those Doritos, you know, so yes. eat, eat the fruit. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So yes. it is so individual. And a lot of my, my, my clients are, you know, we look at what they already eat and then we, we make a change that will make enough of a change to help. Now, if they really want to be a hundred percent all in, then they're going to stop doing whatever it is that that is best for them. Mm -hmm. But um, with, when it comes to to fruit, yes, there are some that are that are lower in sugar, and um, and some that are definitely high. So the ones that are lower in sugar are like raspberries, strawberries, blackberries. Most of those have about seven grams uh, of sugar in them. And um, lemons and limes, you know, they're really, really, really low. But who eats those, right? Mm -hmm, they, exactly. No, nobody actually cuts a lemon and eats it. Well, maybe some people. Some do, people but, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, kiwis are low. They have about six grams of sugar. Uh, grapefruits low, um, and melons are low. But I don't recommend uh, melons for generally anyone because um, melons harbor mold. And that's not so good for the gut. So, um, so those are some that are that are lower in sugar. But like I said, you know, uh, it's looking at the big picture too, at what the client wants to do, and um, what they're already doing. And you know, if somebody is drinking, seven, you know, seven cans pop a day, and they're going to go for two kiwi instead, absolutely. Okay. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Now, when someone comes into you um, and, and they have a diet created for them, um, what about them taking that diet home and sharing it with someone else? Because I do know that, that people actually will share diets, okay? So someone, one person will have cancer, they come and see you, they pay for their consult, they get a diet specifically made for them and their type of cancer. And then they go home and they know a friend who has cancer and they say, well, here, this is what I have to do for my cancer. 
irregardless of what type of cancer the other person has. Do you think that this is beneficial in any way or would you encourage people to not do that? Um, yeah, the, the, I guess that's an interesting question. Um, you know, each person is unique and therefore their needs are unique. And with cancer, there's so many other things that can be going on in that person that's different from, you know, their friend who's, who might have, who might have cancer as well. So, you know, while, while a diet for cancer is undoubtedly good for everyone, each person has specific needs and and the diet that they um, that they would get from their health practitioner would would be the one that they should follow and then someone else would undoubtedly have a different kind based on their specific recommendation uh, their specific specific issues okay so in actuality there could be um, different and I call them cancer diets but you know it's 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 it is in in actuality a diet for each person so there is a specific diet for specific types of cancer there there are there are and there's different schools of thought on how to address cancer um, you know more and more research is being done and it, one thing that is is being done right now for brain cancer is is it, it is suggested that those people eat a ketogenic diet or vegan vegan ketogenic diet so um, where there's very very low sugar in the diet and that for some reason is is the you know best for brain cancer so there are some specific diets for specific types of cancer and any type of cancer depending on if it's hormonally driven or what the problem is we're going to tweak whatever is recommended like the generic diet for each person and I guess that that goes to your question previously is you know eating a diet uh, sharing a diet is, is is probably not the best thing because if you've been um, given a diet specifically for you then obviously it's 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 not something if specific specifically for your friend and you do it too it may be damaging for you mm -hmm. so each 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 situation is is a bit different so it's not it isn't cut and dry uh, Doreen it's it is so much individual and each um, each coach or healthcare practitioner will address the unique needs of the of the client and and go from there okay so when each person comes in to have a consultation with you there is a specific uh, format that you go through to find out you know what what type of cancer the person has what their lifestyle is like what they're eating currently and how you can switch that up for them absolutely you know um, in my training you know, and, and, and hopefully in, in other cancer type of um, therapists is to look at the, the entire person and not, not just the cancer. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned this because it's so important to look at the connection to stress and cancer. And there is a prime example about two different people 
two people having different types of cancer and following one diet because that may help one person but if if there's a, a, a connection to you know stress it's going to be different for both people so it's really important to take that on and look at the individual and in my work I ask tons of questions I try to understand where the client is coming from what's been going on in their lives and and where to go to from there and you know stress plays a huge huge role in cancer and um, you know stress first of all affects the immune system and um, stress slows the digestion so uh, just those two things alone help or create havoc in the body mm -hmm. and um, and compromise the immune system's ability to to remedy what's going on on its own and then develop disease develops and tumors grow and um, so we do have to look at stress and we have to also um, realize that stress Stress can result in, in behavioral changes like binge eating, um, eating too much sugar or other cancer promoting foods and, um, and, and so you know saying don't stress so much isn't going to help or eat this diet and not discuss stress mm -hmm. isn't addressing the, the needs of the client. So you know there's so much research going on out there that talks about the emotional stress or the, the, the role that stress plays in in developing cancer and you know the, the typical characteristics if, if you want me to talk a little bit about that um, yes please the, okay yeah the characteristics of, of, of a cancer patient um, you know there's there's a lot of commonalities and one is is despair after a significant loss it could be a death the loss of a job the loss of in you know um, your home or um, there can be anything and um, typically that that can be six or 18 months before the diagnosis um, people who who give of themselves constantly those who are so selfless that they uh, they don't take care of their own needs this is a this is something that is is very common in in women especially and there's often a link there to breast cancer and uh, someone who's who never pays attention to their own needs who um, who's just always trying to keep the peace those people typically have have um, there's some common traits there with with breast cancer um, you know another one and we know this isn't healthy for us anyway is suppression of our emotions so if there's a lot of suppressed anger a lot of suppressed resentment or rage then that can be a contributing factor to that person's health um, you know, these are things that, that are, are, have to be looked at along with diet for someone to really get past a cancer diagnosis and thrive on the other side. Okay. And having a cancer diagnosis is certainly, is certainly nothing that anyone wants, that is for sure. And right now with COVID and you know, it seems like every time you turn on the TV, every time you turn on a radio, even on social media, basically COVID-19 is all that we see, all that we hear about. And that on its own is extremely stressful. Um, 
you know, and everyone deals with stress very, very differently, that is for sure. But this, this and, and the, the sudden change that we have in everyone's life because of COVID, I'm thinking is not beneficial in the way of reducing any stress. How would you tell people um, to, to try to, to reduce some stress in these times? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just it's so vital for people to do this. And as soon as as I realized what was happening with COVID, um, you know, I started to do webinars on managing your stress and, and improving the immune system function. Um, and and in those webinars, um, we discussed what it's, you can do. And of course, the first thing is to eat a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. And and find out what healthy diet really is because you're kidding yourself if you're if you're eating Doritos and thinking you're eating a healthy diet, yeah. you know, and chocolate cake for breakfast. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, which you know it's delicious, but that's not the point. Exactly. Um, so to to manage stress, first of all, if you eat a healthy diet, you're going to get the nutrients that your body needs and is designed to use to help manage stress. So the healthier you eat, the more you will be able to, to, to manage stress because your body will take care of that for you. The B vitamins are so important for that. And so eating well is the first thing. The second thing is that I recommend is starting some type of exercise program because, you know, they say that exercise is nature's antidepressant. And you know, if I think you, you used to do some running. I think we had that conversation before. And yes. so, you know, any type of exercise is, if you've done exercise before, you know how good you feel when you're exercising. Mm-hmm. You get clearer, you have clearer focus, you wake up with more energy, you feel like you're ready to handle anything that comes along. That's what fitness can do. And so... Um, and so can a healthy hobby help with that too. And doing these types of things that, that include some type of exercise is certainly a way to help manage stress. It's interesting because people will say, well, um, you know, I, I, I'm so stressed out, uh, I just don't know what to do. And so I think it's very important to, to sit back and address the stress itself. So, you know, whatever it is that we're stressed about, maybe it's COVID is here, I'm now working from home, my husband's working from home, and we have to homeschool our children right now. Mm-hmm. So that is a big stress for a lot of people. And rather than sitting and eating too much, and watching TV all, day, all night, then how about taking a pen and a piece of paper and, and saying, okay, here's the situation. Can I control this? No, you can't control this. This is your life right now. But what can I do to make it better? And that's where you write down what you can do, the pros and cons of this particular situation. And it's so helpful. And a lot of people don't do that. So it's really important to, first of all, address what the stress is, see if it's in your control or not. If it isn't, There's not a lot you can do, but you can change the way you look at the problem. And that's that's so important and so vital. And when we think about, okay, here I am. um, So you have a conversation about what it is, how you're going to fit your work, your 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 um, 
your kids schooling, your husband being home, how are you going to make that all work out? And you have to devise a plan for that because you can't change the fact, so you have to better manage how you're going to react to it. And that is critical in order to move forward um, in any stressful situation. And um, especially right now where where idness seems like way too long, definitely way too long. the other thing that's very valuable, and I'm not sure if you have any, um, you know, having those, the background that you do with, with some of the Indian practices, is meditation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that meditation is sitting in this, you know, dark room with the candles and the ohm music and, you know, <laughs> taking like, you know, three hours to sit and meditate, but five minutes of meditation, guided meditation with a YouTube video can work wonders for people. Absolutely. And yeah, I don't know if, if you know if you you have anything to add to that, but um, you know, de-stressing in in a meditative way or just changing your breathing, learning how to breathe is so beneficial in managing stress. It is. It really is, and that's the first thing that I. Um, tried to learn was to focus on your breath and how we are breathing because a lot of times when we are stressed we take much shorter breaths you need to be taking a deeper breath and you need to be thinking about things and and letting some things go that we really can't control either meditating is one huge beneficial thing Um, another thing that that I do like to do I don't do it as often as I used to but I still run every now and then um, for me, it's being outside with the animals. I bet. And, and I bet. you know, being around the horses again and, and going riding and that takes so much stress away. It's, it's like you're, you're focusing more on them. You're forgetting about problems and, and they are so calming on their own. Absolutely. I mean, they say that, you know, pets help calm a household if you're stressed you know get a cat kind of thing Mm -hmm. and um and so you know and you're so right when you're in nature and of course even closer to that with with animals just a walk in nature is 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 beneficial but you know when you're with animals especially those majestic beauties that you have um you know it's you, you you forget everything and you just fall in love with with the beauty that's around you you do you certainly yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Janice, I want to thank you so much um, for for taking the time to be with us today and to talk about this because it is so very important. Um, can you tell us how can people contact you if they would like to have a specific diet plan and a consult with you? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I do offer a free one-hour conversation um, a discovery call so if anyone is is has been inspired to change things and would like to find out more I welcome them to contact me for their free one-hour consultation my email address is Janice at JaniceInspiringChange.com and I can also be contacted via my website at JaniceInspiringChange.com that's great. And the call does not have to be just by phone, does it? You will do a Skype or you can do Zoom, whatever the person prefers? That's right. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks so much, Janice. You take care. For, thank you. For all of our listeners today, I thank you. I'll be back again next week. Everyone, stay well and stay safe. Stay safe.
Thank you for joining us for your daily dose. Be sure to tune in again next week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition with your host, Doreen Doucette. We'll see you then.